Everybody, it's Joseph Shepard, and welcome to Expose Dragged Out, the podcast where we sit down and chit chat with those individuals who may have been on a RuPaul's Drag Race franchise. Thank you guys so much for all the support every single week. You guys have really been just inspiring to me and keep making me want to be able to push further and interview more people and go outside the box and, you know, interview other international seasons and other queens who may or may not even been on the show. It's just been a wonderful journey, and I'm so glad that you guys are taking everything positively. So thank you all. But for this episode this week, it is Turkey Turkey Gobble Gobble Week, so I thought why not go into my vaults of Exposed and go through the interviews that I have and pull out one of my absolute favorites that I've done, and that is with the one and only Katya. That is truly some of the best conversation I've ever had. It was so good that when we put out the interviews on YouTube, a lot was cut out. So I thought, why not give you guys the whole lunch, appetizer, buffet, everything. Without further ado, here is the unedited version of Katya Exposed. She crashed her way into our living rooms during season seven of RuPaul's Drag Race. As a high-class Russian whore, she has a saying, oh, and as the baby hands of an angel. Her name is Katya, and she's about to be robbed. I mean, exposed. You're about to be exposed. <laughs> Expose me, mom. <laughs> so you were born and raised in Massachusetts. Yeah, Mass Hole. Oh, Mass Hole. What, what was that like growing up? Boring, nondescript. I mean, it's like, a, I grew up in Central Mass, like a, Marlboro, the town called Marlboro, like the cigarettes. And, um, you know, it's just like your boilerplate white suburb. I hadn't seen a black person in real life until I was like 12. Wow. And then, um, uh, that's not true. <laughs> I, uh, there was like one black girl at Catholic school. And then, um, uh, yeah, it was just like, you know, it's, I don't know why. I mean, it's like safe, you know, it's safe to live there. And, um, the streets were really wide so you could play kickball. But, um, I mean, you know, it's just like, um, I don't know. I mean, I, do you ever watch those Greg Rocky movies? You ever seen Nowhere or The Doom Generation? No. no. Well, anyways, like, I always wanted things to be, like, colorful and wild and interesting. So, like, I did all that in my bedroom. And then, but everything else was just so bland. So bland, but safe. Yeah. I'm safe. Never got, you know... I never got beaten up, never got um, robbed, we never got broken into. Although our house caught on fire, my sister dropped a candle on the bed and our whole uh, uh, top floor went up in flames once. Seriously? Yeah, and I was the only one not home. I was so mad. Um, and uh, yeah, but that was, uh, that was like the most excitement we had. Man. Yeah. And then when did you decide that you wanted to do drag? I know that it started, what, in 2006? Oh no, when I was three. When you were three? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I used to put a, I put a t-shirt on my head as a wig or um, I convinced my dad to, uh, he, he bought me a cheerleader's pom-pom, color green, and I cut bangs into it and wore it like a wig. <laughs> and I was doing drag, and I was just like, being, you know, uh, and I call it my, um, I used to call it my birthday suit, which I think is kind of weird because your birthday suit is, is, your, is nudity. Yeah. And then, so my version of nudity was a woman. Was a woman. Yeah. So when did you end up actually taking it out into the town and like doing gigs and stuff? When did that come to be? When I was four. You're um, four. No, I mean, I think... Um, <laughs> Your well, local bounce house. I Well, I to be totally honest and like kind of funny, I did convince or I, I 
bullied my neighbors into um, make, doing a haunted house in my basement. So I feel like that was my first gig. Because okay. I think we charged. And um, uh, people come down, you know, we all do that thing. And it was like kind of like, it was draggy. Um, but uh, I did my first gig when I was um, uh, 2006. Okay. Yeah, 2006 at Jock's Cabaret. And what was your original name? It wasn't originally Katya, was it? No, I, I was originally Martishka. Martishka. Which, it was weird. That was for like two weeks. Oh, okay. And then, and then, um, and then it was, um, then I just went back to Katya. I don't know why I did that. It was very strange. But I also heard, I don't know if it's true. You can debunk it if it's so. Yeah, yeah. When you would perform pop routines, you had a oh, different name too. Katie Homophobia. That was that was like much later because I, I, far, I first started out doing... Um, like the kooky stuff in um in a show called Tranny Wreck, um, which you can say that more, but um, and uh, that was really fun. But that was like totally wacko alternative stuff. And then later on, when I learned how to like paint more pretty, mm-hmm. I got bookings on the weekends for the Bachelorettes, and that's when I was like, oh, okay, I guess I, I got to do like, you know, Britney and stuff like that, which is fine. Um, but I I wanted to differentiate because I was an artist. Um, yeah differentiate between like the identities because I felt like I felt like a sellout which is so dumb because drag is like it's everything it's selling out yeah. or not, it's not selling out it's just selling yeah, yourself correct. um and uh so but it, yeah anyway so I, but then I had um I oh, I love I loved having different drag names we did a show where I was Sigourney Beaver and then um Bumpy Bullet and that she was a like a meth lab explosion survivor and um and she was like gross had like pock marks and bad teeth and like um circles under her eyes that was fun it's fun to be ugly it was fun to be like so many different characters yeah it's fun to just express the prismatic nature of my multi-dimensional personality so in 2010 you first auditioned for drag race for season three right absolutely so you yes, did it, i did you did it how many times four times before I th- okay yeah so I, I always get it mixed up. It's a 2000. I didn't do two because that was that was when Jujube did. Mm-hmm. It was so three, four, three, four, five, six, five times. Oh my gosh! Two of those times were rotten. Um, what do you mean by rotten? The the audition video was so bad. Um, but the one for season six was like a masterpiece. It was a masterpiece. What did you do? Was it anything crazy? I don't know. I mean, I was like, uh, I wore this like. I was doing like yoga in the park and like I was in like really good shape. And um, I was just, just being, you know, it was just like, it was really good. Just got to trust me. And, um, and then when I didn't get that, I was like, oh, well, fuck it, whatever. Um, like I did, it's not, it's not going to get any better than that. Yeah. So, um, but then they call me, um, I'm trying to make sure because people love to make up stuff about audition tapes. Um, yes, they called me. The casting people called me, not World of Wonder, but the casting people said, hey, um, so uh, we, something to the effect of like, we just were wondering if you were planning on auditioning this year. And I was like, what? I was like, oh, am I, do you, like, what, what do you mean? Do you want me to do that? Like, or, or can I get on? I was like, is, is this, do I have a good chance of getting on? And she wouldn't say anything, but I was like, I was just assumed, uh-huh. you know, so I did it and then I got on. That's awesome. Isn't, Isn't that cool? That's pretty cool. I wasn't like, going to do it. you weren't going to do it at all. No, because I was like, oh, enough already. It's so much work to do yeah. that tape. It really is. Like, because you have to have, think about it. Like, it's not like you have to have a whole new wardrobe exactly. from the last year, which is like tough for when you're poor. So yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot, but, um, but yeah, I got it. So there, yeah. where were you when you got that phone call? I was at home and uh, I, it was a Skype call. So you do a yeah. Skype call and then you do certain things like um, once you have to, you have to go get a psychological evaluation. I had to fucking drive to Connecticut. Not, 
I had to make my friend drive me to Connecticut, all the way to Connecticut from Boston, which is like, Boston is the like university and medical capital of the country. And I was like, there's no psycho, there's no fucking therapist yeah. in Boston. Anyways, so yeah, we drive all the way down to fucking Connecticut, do the psychological evaluation, a 500 question personality inventory. It was ridiculous. And then drive back up, um, all day affair. And then once you do that though, it's like, you're kind of, okay, the chances are really, really good. Um, so did you pass? I, I, well, I passed, but then, yeah, I mean, technically I, I just flubbed it. Cause it's, you know what they want to say. They just want to prove you're not a fucking psycho. So like, you know, the questions are like, sometimes I feel like I have a like superhuman power or like, sometimes I, you know, fantasize about pyrokinesis. You say no. <laughs> um, and, uh, they, you know, but, um, I, yeah, they, we had the Skype call and I thought it was just another part of the interview. Mm-hmm. I put up a backdrop. I put up a backdrop and um, I thought it was just another part of the interview. And then they said, you got it. And I, like, I, I was like, <laughs> screamed. And then I was reaching for my phone as they started to say, now don't tell anybody. And then I called like 14 people and told them. <laughs> oh my God, I can't keep a secret. I cannot keep a secret at all. So you get on season seven, mm. you walk into the workroom. Yeah. What is your opinion when you walk in there? Like, what, what are you feeling? I, so I, and I, I remember it very, very well. Um, it was the worst moment of my entire life. <laughs> Wait, why? <laughs> like, it was, I felt, because I, I think I've said this before, I, if you, if at that moment, because you have to hold that pose for like, um, they say, walk in, hit this mark, and then stay for like 10 seconds. It's going to feel like forever but you just got to really kind of stay there because we got to get you at all angles and it'll look great on TV, but it's going to feel like forever. Stay there. And so I did that. And during those 10 seconds, I was like, okay, I made a mistake. I should not be here. I really don't want to be here. I thought if a producer had come in at that moment and be like, you look great, but um, we actually made a mistake and hired one too many girls. Uh, Would you like to go home and we'll fly home now? And I'd be like, Absolutely. Let's go. I absolutely would have done that. Absolutely. Because I, I heard out of the corner of my eye, um, I uh, heard out of the, like, you know, the corner of my ear, um, like they just seemed rotten. The girls, they seemed rotten, you know, and, um, some of them were, um, and they just, I wasn't prepared for that, like cattiness or not cattiness, but the, I wasn't prepared to be judged like on that level. Um, cause I didn't, I don't, I got along with everybody at home, like yeah. everybody, even the, the trolls, the whores, the, I mean, the, just the rotted skanks, like who had nothing good to offer. I got along with them too. And, uh, I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. And I swear to God, I heard Violet say, well, what I, and she thinks I made it up, which I could have, but, um, she, she said, well, it looks like we needed a filler queen or something like that. And, um, she swears she didn't say it. I think she did. So you confronted her about that before? And she said, no. Oh, I, I absolutely have. And she's like, I didn't say that. I'm like, yeah, you did. <laughs> but also I didn't know who it was. I, I don't know. Like, it was a voice. It was a voice. And she was already there. I think. Whatever. Roll the tape. You know, we'll see. But uh, anyways, yeah, it was awful. That was a long answer. <sighs> so you decide to stay in. You, do you start feeling better about everything? No. Um, no, because then the... <laughs> the uh, when on the second challenge, I um, I couldn't. I was trying to memorize this like little spoken word bit, like the Shirley Q. Licker um, paragraph. It's like not a long thing, but it was like a chunk. And uh, during the lip sync challenge, and 
I couldn't do it. I was like, I wrote it all out in the hotel and I was like going over and over it. And then I would try to do it without the tape. And I was like, I can't remember the first word. I was so nervous. And I just couldn't get anything to stick in my head. Um, but ironically, I could I could get the lip sync song, which I'd never heard before in my life. Um, and uh, so I was just like, oh God. And then our, like I went to bed at like three in the morning and then couldn't sleep. So it was just like up all night and just going in circles. And I was like, Oh, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck this up. I'm gonna fuck this up today. This is gonna be bad. And I fucked it up twice. Like it was so bad. Like it. I mean, imagine for a drag queen. Imagine go out there first time performing on the main stage in front of RuPaul, Olivia Newton, John, who else, and um, in going like this. The everything is like you're like the featured part. This is your featured part. You don't know one fucking word. It was, and I had to do it twice. It was, I, I was like, and nobody could, the girls couldn't see me mm-hmm. because they were, I had my back to them. Yeah. They didn't really see, they didn't understand the full extent of the carnage. And, um, oh my gosh, it was so awful. And then I like, you know, had to lip sync and then stayed. And that turned out to be good, I guess. But um, then it was like, just, okay, this is a, this is a disaster, this experience. So just take whatever good you can get. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, you're not going to win home. So just like do whatever little stuff you can and then just try to get out of here in one piece. It was so bad. But Ugh. you ended up having a heart to heart with uh, Miss Fame. Yeah, because she was sober, which was cool. Like, yeah. And that was tough because I was only a year sober at the time and started smoking cigarettes right away. Thank you, Ginger Minge. Um, <laughs> and uh, she, uh, yeah, that was really good. You know, it's tough with those things on on TV because you're like, well, is this real? Or is, yeah, like, is this, like, is this produ- what are, you know? You're thinking to yourself. A lot of people kind of just suspend their disbelief altogether and like, wow, you know, and they don't realize, Mary, we all know we're getting filmed. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's a level of self consciousness that it can never really leave you. It does to an extent, but you always know you're being filmed. You know, you're not. Nothing is absolutely natural, um, unless you're either like really crazy or really stupid and um or blind um and then uh yeah so it was like but i felt like um a i was like in such a crisis mode and b like i thought yeah i don't care i was so tired and like so whatever that i was like i just need to i need to like lean on her and they wanted me to do it on camera which i was like whatever but you did lean on her and you did break down and you did say that you were having trouble and struggling with loving yeah. yourself. Yeah, which is so corny. I can't even watch that. I can't watch that. It's, it's, so, it's not me, like, in the sense that I would never, um, I would never uh, consciously project that thing. Like, I would never be that vulnerable, like, on purpose. Yeah. Um, it's, oh, it's, like, so corny. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was true. Like, I just, like, I didn't, um, I didn't realize until I got there. I was like, oh, I have no confidence. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, it was like, I couldn't even, I couldn't sell myself if I wanted to right now. Like to, it was so, it was tough. It was like really weird. And I think also because I didn't, um, I didn't have the support system that I was so used to having in Boston, like at home, you know, when anything's wrong, I have like a million people to call anything and it's great. But a lot of people don't have that. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't need that, you know, like Violet, she's just like a, you know, bulldozer. She's just, you know, anyways. But where are you now? Do you, are you in loving West yourself? I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think I don't, yes, I like, I don't think of myself, um, I don't have to fuck myself. Thank God. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, <laughs> so I don't worry about like whether I'm attractive or not. 
to other people, I try to like do my best yeah. and like, you know what I mean? Um, and I know if I have a good day or a bad day, or I know if I look crazy or not, but, um, I don't, so I don't, you know, I don't really think about myself that much. Like I'm not, um, my opinion of me is like, eh, you know, I think I'm like, you know, has to be filled with dignity. Like I'm worthy of this and that and everything else. But, um, I don't know, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I'm rather, I'm more concerned with if I like myself. Okay. Then love myself. Then love yourself. Yeah. Cause yeah. like, I want to feel like, oh, that was good or that was cool or whatever, you know? But, um, and I, yeah, but I don't, I don't know. I, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Lizzo, what did she say? She said something that was really interesting. It was an alternative reading of if you can't love yourself, how are you going to, oh, if she said to like a fan or something, if, who was struggling with like the idea of self-love, she's like, bitch, you love me. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember exactly how it went, but it made perfect sense to me at the time. It's like you love me so much. Why not do that to you? I don't know. That's not it. Fuck. Whatever. But anyways, yeah. So in season seven, you get to the Hello Kitty challenge. Yeah. You were against Kennedy Davenport. Uh-huh. You perform Roar. Mm-hmm. Do you think you should have stayed after that lip sync? No, no. I mean, I should have. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. I think again, had to be there. But, um, well, not even had to be there, but like the, I, it's like, I imagine, um, how like a a tired, scrawny, disgraced soldier walking into the arena in ancient Rome, you know, having to face a lion would feel like, okay, you've made your peace with death. Mm -hmm. You just hope it's going to be quick and And relatively painless. So you just do that. And I was like, yeah, she like wiped the floor with me and it was fine. But, um, like I did my little thing and she did her lots of things. And, um, and that's, you know, it was humiliating there, but I was like, so ready to go. I didn't care. Yeah. I was just like, I just, you know what, if I have to get, I have to get the, fl- uh, you know, she's going to wipe my ass with the floor. That's fine. I just got to get out of here. Um, but I did enough to like, kind of, you know, I did all that I could to, to maintain a shred of dignity. For sure. Um, and you didn't just give up. But people, I hate when people say like, you should have won. I was like, excuse me, do you have glaucoma? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, I get that you like me. That's wonderful. And I appreciate that. But like, let's, you know, facts, Mary. <laughs> Although it's not, it's not facts. Because I, I suppose that people's perception is so discolored by their love or dislike of other people. It's wild. Yeah, it's yeah. so true. It's crazy. Now, one thing about season seven is that a lot of people say it's the worst season. They did. Now they don't. Now they don't. Because there's been some other seasons that might have been a little bit <laughs> worse. But you guys had so many iconic queens come from your season. You had Violet, you had Pearl, you had Trixie, you had you, you had... Yeah, Pearl fame. Um, uh, did you ever say those? Um, yeah, like every... It, uh, yeah, I think the general consensus now among the like super fans of the show is that it is uh, a, a season where a lot of great potential and um, not good challenges. Yes. And, 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 and like it was a... Um, a season where it was uh, a lot of unused talent. Correct. You know, like, for example, you have the like the fashion scene and then there's no design challenges yeah. besides one at the end with three non-fashion queens, you know? So it was, um, uh, it was strange, yeah. And I think, like, the, the number of acting challenges where you really don't... I mean, there's no excuses. Like, if you bomb, it's your fault. But uh, where you don't get to... Uh, bring a lot of yourself, especially your lot of original creativity, like writing or like 
this is my idea. This is what I want to say, and I'm going to say it. Um, or this is my character, I'm going to do it. You don't get to do a lot of that um, in an acting challenge, you know, yeah. when you're playing fucking Merv Ginsburg. Um, and uh, a lot of it didn't really just didn't read at all. Like Pearl, Pearl's part in that Merle mess was, they, they had a scene that was pure absurdism. That did not come across. It was just came across as nonsense. Mm -hmm. So it was like the absurdity factor of it. It's like, oh, we're going to do the same scene, but from a completely batshit absurdist angle. That didn't read. All it read is like, what the fuck are they talking about? So, you know, stuff like that just hit like misses that really, it just made the season not so good. Now, speaking of Pearl, Mm. when I was talking with Pearl in our last episode, and then also she had made some comments and said that... What the fuck did that bitch say about my skin? Yeah. Well, she made comments about RuPaul, of course. And she said that, you know, the nothing matters unless the camera's on. Did you have a similar experience to hers or... Mine was worse. Mine was worse, but I have enough couth to not bring Ru into it. But just for the record, yeah, she fucking... She punched me in the face. No, I'm just kidding. Um, No, I, I was there that day and I remember I was like... It wouldn't have I remember that very, very vividly, just like the feeling of it. Uh, they, she and Max were over in, on that couch and we were, I was at the, the workroom table kind of closest to them. And I was like, because it's all playing out without the music, you realize. Mm-hmm. There's no dun, 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 dun. But it was like, ooh, what is going on over there? And then, and I think that she had walked out or something else happened, you know, so it was like a dramatic thing. But um, I, so here's my, my, um, perception of Rue is, um, I think that well, I was, I listened to that Pearl thing. Mm-hmm. I listened, I, I've watched the interview Pearl and, um, I, I think that she says it best. Just like, you know, um, don't meet your heroes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one thing that immediately comes to mind is, um, uh, about expectations. And there's a great saying expectations are premeditated resentments. So when you expect something, you have to let go of, you, you have, that is going to be at odds with the outcome. So there's going to be friction no matter what, even if it was great, if it turned out to be better, you know? So um, I think like, I can imagine Rue saying what she said to Pearl mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways. You know, like, oh, when those cameras aren't rolling, you're not going to catch it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying she like made it up, but yeah. you know, I can imagine and. My, personally, my memories are so unreliable that like, again, I could imagine that thing Violet said. She, she might not even have said anything and I completely made it up. That's like It could have been Rue in the corner. Uh, it definitely was. Yeah, Rue in the control room. That fucking Russian cunt needs to go. Talentless whore. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think Rue is like amazing. Yeah. I saw her uh, a little while ago. I was walking down the street. I saw her in a restaurant uh, right on the corner, uh, right down the street. And um, I saw her and I go, and she goes, (laughs) so good. (laughs) She's amazing. Yeah, I love her. Now, after season seven, you and Trixie get your own little show. How did that come to be? How did you end up forming this relationship with Trixie? And how did it feel to actually have something on the internet now? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I, I think... We ta- well, we, tar- we started talking after the, we f- finished filming and we would talk on the phone a lot. And um, just, you know, because there was kind of like, you have to talk, t- you have to talk with the girls who go through that, especially on your season, because it's such a unique experience. You don't, nobody else is going to understand it. Um, and uh, so we got to know each other really well over phone conversations. And then um, we did, uh, World of Wonder had us do a video together where it was, we were tooting and booting the fashions on 
fashion photo review, but the ones that Raven and Raja wore. Okay. So we tooted and booted the ones that they wore to toot and boot other people. And um, and that ended up being really great. That there was like people like that video. So we just started to do, we wanted to do a series together and we did that. And um, it's so fun. It's so great now because it's like we've been doing it for so long that it's fun to see like A, how the show's gotten better and B, like you just see two people become friends. Yeah. It's like cool. It's like kind of corny, but it's true. Like the the development of a Hollywood friendship. <laughs> um, and your friendship with her has degraded, lasted. degraded, degraded. Yeah. All the time. Now that she's got new teeth, I don't know who she is anymore. People are wild. And this is why you don't read the comments. I, for some reason, was cl- looking at her Instagram and I, I don't know what compelled me to do it, but I went through the comments and people are like, I miss your old teeth. The old teeth look better. Mary, what are these teeth? You know, blah, 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 yeah. blah. And I was like, I was like, I mean, why am I surprised? And that's not even that. It's pretty innocuous, those kind of comments. Like, but like, why? Okay. Fuck you. Shut yeah. up. Shut up. Shut your, shut your whore mouth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's great. But I mean, you know, whatever. That's, that's just the way it is. Do you feel like fans, especially, I mean, your fans and Trixie's fans are pretty, are pretty savage. Are they? What do you mean? Like, oh, because that? They're, like, they're, well, they're very gung-ho about you guys. Like, they're very, your fan base, yeah. yours and hers, are very, like, strong fans. Do you ever feel like you... Want to kill them? Yeah. Or do you ever feel like they can take things too far? Oh, but that's, I mean, that's anybody. I, I think, like, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell, like, what's the deal? Because it's all just what you pay attention to, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I, I was, uh, I'm a lot less... Uh, focused on um, like f- uh, I'm just a lot less focused online than I used to be um, and uh, I don't know I mean I think people say that and I, I guess it's true but I mean I don't know look at Lana Del Rey fans yeah they're fucking lunatics I'm one of them you know it's they're uh, fans of anything are just crazy and uh, like they'll <laughs> I mean I remember there's this music journalist uh, from NPR did this incredible deep dive on Lana's whole oh, discography yeah. and wrote a very, inter- a very fascinating, interesting, wonderful analysis, really. Not a review. It was an analysis of her work and then her new album. And her fan, and then Lana, like, when it, she's, like, posted those, like, you don't get me at all, ho. And her fans went in. You fat cunt. You fat fucking cunt. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, people are nuts. And, you know, I, I used to encourage it because I liked, I liked. You like stirring the pot. No, I liked, I, I liked the weirdness of it. There was a girl from Russia who said, how are you feeling today, mom? And I was not aware of the mom phenomenon. So I was like, what is she talking about? No question mark. And I was like, that is so funny to me. I don't know why. And then like, fuck my pussy with a rake, mom. Like, that was so weird to me and so funny. And then, of course, it just becomes... You, you become aware of the fact that if you say something or, or draw attention to it, then it just it escalates. Up. Yeah. And one thing you can't do is control. Yeah. I see the new girls trying to do this all the time. They try to say, all right, guys, so the fandom really needs to like get up, just like be more positive. And like, like Mary, that's not going to work. It's not going to work. You, should, you can't do that. So in 2016, you end up getting announced in All Stars 2. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so what was your experience like compared to season seven? It was like night and day, honestly. I'm the the only the the good thing and the bad thing was that I uh so it was like not very long after season seven and I had been on tour uh 
like pretty consistently in um and got the like for sure phone call when I was I think in England England I had to do some long ass tour in England mm-hmm. and then only had really like a couple weeks to of free time to prepare or not even that and um it was tough like it was tough to get everything together because I didn't have, you know you need like connections and you need I had some I had some money but like I really needed like to know who to call to make this crazy thing yeah. that I couldn't do, you know? And it was tough. So I didn't have a lot of that um, support, but it was good because I just felt I was there. I was like in the groove. I was like, know what to do, knew what to expect. Um, it was it was fun. It was so fun. And I knew I wasn't going to win. So it was like, whatever. It, not No pressure. But you made you top know? three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that was good. But like, it was just like a bonus, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm not, and plus, here's the thing. I'm not like a winner, you know? I'm, I don't, think about that and all I think about whenever I hear anything competitive that's not like the Olympics because then that's different but like I think of Charlie Sheen remember when he was like doing that thing about winning yeah do you remember that like winning it was such a joke it was so gross and it was so it was so sad it was like winning I got coke and whores and a TV you know blah 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 I'm winning at life I was like no no you're winning at something else. And that's not a competition I want to be involved with. But that's how, that's how I think about the competitive drive in general. Um, but that's just me. And I don't like, you know, it's not to like denigrate other people's accomplishments and their ambition, especially Alaska's. Cause she's like, that bitch was like in it to win it. And I love to observe that. I don't like fucking with that, but I love to observe that, especially in gymnastics people. If she went there, she's like, it's going to be gold or nothing. And that's great. <laughs> that's like so good. That's like such good television. Oh, Especially if they lose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, she came close. If you would have won your lip sync, um, and then a little breakdown that she had. Oh, but you know, here's what I thought at the time. I thought that was all fake. Really? Yes, I thought that was all fake because I was like, "Ooh, that's that snake." <laughs> I was like, "She is good. She's like, she's better than I thought she was because she's throwing this challenge." to provide the, um, a little vulnerability arc in her story. Because she came in and swept. The, she came in and like ate. I mean, everybody, she smoked us. Like, came in as the smoke show. And I was like, oh, she is really good. She's throwing this challenge on purpose. Come to find out, <laughs> she did it. <laughs> I come to find out, I was gagged that she didn't do it. Because she was just really that bad. And then, and then that immature. It was wild. I didn't know her. I didn't know her. I and, and I didn't know that she throws tantrums and stuff. You know, I didn't know that that was she gets that she's so um imperfect. Yeah. And uh because this is like whatever. I thought it was funny, all this stuff. People are people took it so I could not believe it. I could not believe it. Um, it's not America's next top nice person race. Yeah. It's not America, you know, it's it's RuPaul's drag race. It's not about being a good person, it's not about being uh the fa- favorite or whatever, you know. It's about doing the challenge as well and, and, and slaying the runway and blah, 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 you know. So I think that your true, your true star did end up shining in All Stars 2. We got to see a lot of you. Yeah. And then Snatch Game came around uh-huh. and you were the phenomenally talented Bjork. Oh, that was, you know, that was fun. No, but the Snatch Game was the, was the real difference because Snatch Game is so stressful. And if you're not a very, very talented improviser, you're fucked. Um, and if you get nervous and you and you fuck up one question, you kind of like get 
in your head. off. Yeah. yeah. And then you can't recover something. But um, I remember doing Bjork was so fun. And it was, I honestly did not think I was going to win that challenge. It didn't get a lot of laughs in the room. It got some. Um, but uh, I remember thinking, I think this is funny. So I'm cool. If they yeah. like, if they um, eliminate me, I'm totally fine. Plus the fire, uh, a bulb went out um, in the studio and we had to evacuate for just a moment. So that was very helpful because then you could just like breathe and go back and then it was fine. Did you see when she commented on Reddit about? Yes, I did. And I, I FaceTimed with her, drag Oh, really? Yeah. Um, oh God, that was so fun. Um, Cause I had seen her at Logan Airport in Boston at like two in the morning while I was waiting for a friend to come in. She was with, uh, she had, it was her, her husband at the time, Matthew Barney and their son or daughter, maybe the daughter. And then um, she looked not happy. So I didn't, I was like, oh my God, I didn't say anything, but she just looked like she didn't want to be talked to. And then uh, her daughter came to meet me at fucking DragCon and then was like, I'm Bjork, sorry. I was like, oh, fuck you. And she's like, no, really. And then she uh, FaceTimed Bjork and we talked. It was so cool. That is so awesome. So cool. She watches it with her son. They're big fans. They should have her on. Yeah. I mean, it'd be amazing. So you make it to the top three. Mm-hmm. I think that your verse was the most memorable on Reed wrote you. I, well, thank you, but I disagree. I think that, um, I think it went when I, I ranked them. Alaska's is amazing. I mean, from a songwriting point of view, it's got a lot of variation. It's got a lot of, the structure of it is really, is really top notch. And it's got interesting rhymes and like ones, you know, like ones that are hard to, it's really, really well written. And then mine, I think is, is very simple. Like simple, it's like, you know, uh, a, A, B, B, A. You're very, very simple, simple, but um, I like it. And then um, detoxes, I'd say, is, is really good, but it's like the content is strange. Because mm-hmm. it's like, again, it's like, I'm not the best. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> it's such a weird thing to say. Um, and then Roxy's is like terrible. But, yeah. you know, now it's like enjoying a renaissance. Yes, exactly. Isn't that funny how people do that? People do that a lot with the show because it's now that it is less of a piss take show, people like to take the piss out of the show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever think that your part would become such a big thing? Because people are always, I mean, like, we'll be at clubs or whatever, and people are always like... No, I didn't think so, because I think my voice is so dumb. Like, it's so goofy, and, like, it's so not a woman that, like, I, you know, I... But, yeah, no, it's it's good. It's, um... I, 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 mean, I like that. Yes, I like that. No, I didn't think so, but I'm enjoying that. <laughs> so your fans have said it time after time. So I have to know. Do you believe that you were robbed? Oh my God. I, you know what? I think this is like, this is karmic uh, revenge, universal revenge, because I, back in my former life, I was a, a very prolific um, thief. And um, and I think that this is, this is some of the universes like, okay, we're going to, we're going to throw it back to you, bitch. And we're going to have every single stranger that you meet for the next 25 fucking years say that you were robbed even though you know it's not true and they know it's not true and everybody knows it's not true, we're all just going to have this bizarre lie we tell ourselves. <laughs> First of all, nobody gets robbed on that show. You either don't receive a present, which is not robbed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you were robbed. Oh, I had the 100000 someone took away from me. Like, no. <laughs> like, it's not, a, we have to figure out a better thing to say. Or like, uh, you should have won is another, that's better. Because yes. then that's just like, oh, thank you um but robbed i was like oh that's so dumb um there is no like <laughs> it's just weird because it it 
I obviously appreciate the sentiment because that means I, I all my brain is just programmed to interpret that. I just literally translate it to, translate it to I like you, which is great. Um, but yeah, like I'm like, oh, okay. I, I hope that in your life, there's this is the only area of delusion that you're currently working with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like what else are you delusional about? Ah, you know. Do you think Mike Pence is a good person too? Like, I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> Ugh. But I get it. I mean, I get it. But I just, it's, it is like, it is annoying. But I'd never say, stop telling me I was robbed, guys. Because yeah. you can't, you can't you say can't that. You can't do that. No, 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 no. So speaking of your fans, mm-hmm. you've previously spoken about that you don't highly enjoy meet and greets because there's always a queue and there people always yeah. have to wait. Well, I don't, yeah, the thing, I don't like, it's not that I don't like them. I don't, what has bothered me in the past about the setup is like just, I'm uncomfortable, like a drag con. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the, the idea of people having to wait in line is just like so, that sucks, you know, because it's just like line con. The absurdity of, of complaining about meeting greets is like, oh, I have to sit there while like hundreds of people wait in line to queue up to tell me how amazing I am <laughs> and give me gifts and buy my, it's like, come on, this is ridiculous. Yeah, so that that's just the thing, I mean, it is a little bit, it, it is doing a separate show. Correct. Yeah, it's because, in you know, I I kind of took it seriously. I think Jujube talked to me about it before I went on the road after season seven. She was like, kind of gave me a little uh, rundown of like, you know, you got to gotta be this and this. And, and the importance of being respectful and, um, and personable was like, she uh, really stressed that. And I think I benefited from that advice a lot. Um because it was, it's counterintuitive also for a drag queen, especially of like my generation, we were like, we're not supposed to be like Mr. Rogers, you know, but that's really what makes, you know, a difference. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not a mean person anyway, so it's fine. But like, uh, yeah, it, 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 but it's a whole show. Like I found that I can't do two meet and greets in the same day. Like it, I've done it in a, it just doesn't work. It's crazy. You think yeah. it's like, oh, it gives a fuck. Like how, how is that going to like tire you out? Like how is it that? Exhaust the hell it out is. And it's, you know, it's like, it's not something anybody really understands or it doesn't make any sense, but it really is. And it's, it's weird. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I, I, yeah, I, I, when did this start? Like in terms of, cause like JLo does it, Britney yeah. Spears, like the really Pretty- top acts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Avril Lavigne famously. Yeah. Like, like straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Which I love. I mean, I totally get it. I like people not wanting to be touched is like so normal. Yeah. By strangers or anybody. And I was like, cause I'm a little bit you know, no boundaries, touchy-feely. And like, I'll go up to, I'll immediately go up. I let people know, like, it's time to hug me. <laughs> and um, and one guy was like, oh, I don't do hugging. I was like, oh, right. All right. You better declare those boundaries right away. Like, unambiguous language. Like, good job. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> That's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. Now, after All Stars 2, your and Trixie show ends up getting turned to the Trixie and Katya show on Vice. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... You end up doing that. Shortly after that, in January of 2018, you announced to the world that you were taking a break from drag Uh and media, and you said in French, Oh, God. "Um, I'm not dying. I want to live. I'm a drug addict, but I'm sober. Today and yesterday and before. But I need to take a vacation because I want to survive like Gloria Gaynor. (laughs) Health is the most important thing for me. I believe you'll understand. We'll see you, and I wish you a good day. Bye-bye. You then deleted your account. Oh, God, yeah, I did. Then you returned, and you said, Hi, my name's not Katya. I'm Brian, a recovering drug addict and a workaholic. I need to take some personal time for my mental health to heal and recover. Mm. So 
how are you today? How do you feel after all of that? Well, I'm not crazy. Well, can't ever say a crazy person says they're not crazy. Um, uh, yeah, that, oh, oh gosh, that was so wild. Um, and I, it was like so weird. It was like a lot of different things. I had never, cause I had been doing drugs, like getting sober for like since I think 2008 was when I started to go to like 12 step programs and stuff. And um, so I've kind of been at it for a while and familiar with the with trajectory of like, okay, you you know, with relapse and like coming back and all that stuff and like going too hard and what happens. And and I had never gone crazy. Like I uh I was I got psychotic a bunch, like real bad, like running through downtown butt naked, screaming at people. Wow. Yeah, like I I remember I got into a naked, got into a car and was like, Roxy. Are you here? I remember saying like Roxy Andrews was in the car. <laughs> and like, you know, and bad, like crazy shit, crazy shit. And I'm very lucky that I didn't get shot by the police, yes. especially because I got cuffed by the police one time. And um, and I and it was wild. I'd never experienced that. I had been like prior to that, I had been five, like f- four days, no sleep without on drugs. And I you just get you don't get crazy. You just get exhausted and you, you know, fall asleep standing up or you, you'll see like little shadow people. But that's really, that was the extent of it. And then I started like smoking a lot of weed too. And this California weed is no joke. It's no joke. It is crazy. It's crazy strong in like the sativa. And so all the, the weed and, the, and then obviously meth and then even, and then workout pills. <laughs> there was these, there were workout pills. Listen, there was so there was a place right down the street. Actually, I went in to get um, pre-workout or or, or muscle milk, whatever the fuck. And this guy was like, "You know what? I have some I have some other stuff that you might enjoy." And I was like, "Okay," and he gave me this like bottle that looked like he had printed out the label, and there was these red pills, and they were basically fenfen. Do you remember? Do you know, how old are you? 28? Okay. Well, back in the day, like there was a whole big diet pill fiasco, fen-fen, ephedrine. And like, um, they're basically speed. It's straight up speed. Diet, you know, it's taking speed. These are 12-hour pills. Pre-workout, 12 hours. So I took them because it it was like basically doing meth without the euphoria. So I was like, I'm not high. I'm just like rolling, you know what I mean? So like, and uh, so I did that for two weeks. Slept about three to four hours a night. I was like cranking it at the gym and then and then get you know running out of the gym like like the like the fucking um uh roadrunner and then smoking weed thinking I was magical thinking and then it just it was it just went you just go nuts and went completely nuts and then it happened a bunch and yeah it was wild wild awful awful yeah really awful what led you to your turnaround I had to go to rehab. Yeah? Yeah, I had to go to rehab. Was that a decision on your own or? Not really. I, <laughs> I, had, I, had, I went back to my parents' house and then I was still, I was twisted up. I, that's when I tried to fuck a ghost. This is like the weird thing about it because it doesn't really matter. I don't believe in ghosts, but I believe people who say they saw them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't prove the existence of a ghost. Yeah. I believe you saw what you saw. Exactly. You know, so I definitely saw a fucking ghost and then I tried to fuck it, but then it didn't fuck me back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I went to rehab because I was like, uh, I was at my parents' house and it was, things were not getting better. And I think, um, and I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, I, and this is another scary thing about speed and other, dr- you know, drugs. Like I, uh, I did a thing which 
I later learned is like commonly called future tripping. Okay. Which when I, I they took me to the hospital and uh, I couldn't talk. Like I couldn't say anything. It was so weird. And I thought it was, I thought it was like six months in the future. And I thought I was convinced that everybody had disowned me and like had in that my, I was with my parents and I, they were the only people who would talk to me. And, and I was convinced that even then it was like, it was so scary. And I was like, I just, that's what I thought was happening. And um, I remember thinking also Erica Badu somehow had dragged me online. It was like, it was just a lot of weird, crazy shit. Yeah. So you end up in rehab oh. and then when did you decide to make the comeback? Like, when did you know in your head, like, hey, like, I'm okay right now. I'm going to get back into the drag. That was, that never happened. I mean, I was, I came back too quick. And then um, I was crazy for like a while, but not like, not on drugs, but like, but still like Looney Tunes, which I then never experienced that before because usually like I get, I would get sober and then there's a period of, um, of like lethargy or like intense come down or whatever, or, you know, trying to recover from, especially if it's uppers and you get back to yourself quite quickly, or at least I did this time was not that I was like fully fucking nut balls for months and like started the podcast way too quickly. I mean, I was insane, probably should have still been hospitalized and, um, you know, just like wild and crazy. Um, I remember I got, million tattoos. I didn't feel any of them. They're just so like, you know? Yeah. And then, so I, I, everybody was telling me this, you get to get rest, rest, rest. And I was like, Nope, you know? And, uh, so I just went back too early and then, um, but I don't, I think I did, I didn't do gigs for a while, which was good. It was just so weird, but people, you know, people were so supportive, which is like, I think probably too support, you know? Yeah. Too supportive, but it's good. You need that support, and I think yeah. Well, you, it's nice to have it. I yeah, mean, you know, exactly. You know, it also would have been nice. You know, like who knows? Like it could have. Um, because I was thinking I would just like stop doing drag and you know go work at UPS or something. Yeah, you know. be a delivery boy. Yeah. So where are you at now with your journey and my journey? I hate that word. You don't like that word? Okay, let's <laughs> let's deal. Let's get rid of it. I mean, it's like. <laughs> I mean, well, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like you say, your life or like, I, I'm at a place now where I, I don't like, I don't really have a, I've never really had a plan. Well, that's not true. I, I don't really think about, I mean, I think about two weeks in advance in my professional life. That's about it. And then, um, I don't know, just like take it each day as it comes. And like, um, it's cause I, I tell you after like going like Looney Tunes, everything is different. Like it's, and I remember, I feel like that now. I don't feel like the same person at all. And I, and I like, I'll watch sometimes videos or clips of myself back um, from whenever, because uh, I, I used to go on Instagram Live all mm-hmm. the time and do like stupid Periscope stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, what, who is that person? And it's just like crazy. I don't know. Um, but yeah, now, I mean, things are, like I feel chill. I'm able to access a, like a, I'm able to, actually be chill. I don't think I was able to do that before. It's nice. <laughs> nice to be chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So after all of that happened, um, there was a little bit of a controversy in the past few months between Willem and Trixie discussing when Trixie mentioned 
you were like a big part of the documentary and the relapse is a big oh, part there. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. there was like fans, you know, going after different oh, people. Right. Because, yes. oh, so I think it was Willem, did she kind of uh, accuse Trixie of being exploitative or was that not it? No. Yes. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I mean, it was like the, it happened and like, they got me, like I, they got my approval on everything. I saw the thing and I, I did not like it, but it's the truth, yeah. You know, and it's a documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I thought it was really. I mean, the thing I I was so tough to watch. It was so awful. But the thing about it was, I liked that. I liked that the documentary was so gray. Like this is a this is a performer who is literally a pink pussy Barbie fucking like Dolly Parton confection, and it was so gray. A drag queen documentary. Being gray, <laughs> like, like it was almost drab. Like it was sad. You know what I mean? It was like yeah. it, it was like it was wild that that in that sense. It's like very. It's very. Uh, it kind of catches you off guard. But um, oh come on! I mean, I feel like Willem accusing people uh, accusing people of being exploitative is hysterical because she's. I mean, you know, I don't know. Like, she's the person who would exploit her own tragedy, I, I guess. Maybe that's just unfair to say, but I don't know. I, I don't think that there's any base to that. And plus, yeah, yeah. Trixie is so, like, so, has no ulterior motives. Like, she's so upfront. She's so, like, um, there's no hiding. There's no, like, subtext. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, games or anything like that bullshit. You got a problem with her, you can tell it, right? You can ask her about it point blank, no mincing words, and she'll tell you exactly the truth. Like, it, and so it's like, it's not a big deal. So speaking of something similar to a Barbie, you said Trixie is kind of like a, a pink Barbie. Uh-huh. You got your own pop figurine. Oh my God, I love that. How I love did that, that feel? I feel great. And, and, I, and I sign a lot of them all the, at, like, at the shows nowadays. I love it because it looks so cute. And I feel like, um, yeah, I just love that. <laughs> it's just great. I love it. I don't need to any more dolls, but um, yeah, I love signing that thing. It's so cute. It's going to be, you know, hopefully, you know, or if I live to 60 or 70 or 80 or whatever, I was like, Ooh. you know, <laughs> it's great. It's so cute. Now, another big thing that's happened for you in the past year, um, you were in Netflix's uh, Tale of the City. Oh, yeah. How did that come to be and how did that feel to see yourself on uh, the Netflix? That was awful. Um, not... I'll tell you why. Um, it was, that was New York DragCon uh, weekend. And I had to get up at three in the morning to go catch a, to go into the city to catch a shuttle, a bus, a shuttle bus at five in the morning or something. And then go to set. It was the longest fucking day. Everybody's so nice, by the way. And Laura Linney was really cool. Um, I said my fucking lines four a million times, four million times maybe 5 million times. And it was outside. I was so stank underneath that fucking caftan. It was so, I, I don't know why I chose to wear that, but it looked fine. It was just, you know, it's so funny. Like television, movies, I had the tiniest little taste just to know kind of what the deal is. It, not really, but you know what I mean? To get a sense. Ugh. It sucks. It's like, imagine like, you're like going to acting school and you study all the greats and you like pour your heart out at these like school productions and you're like so passionate about cinema and blah, 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 blah. And then you get booked on a TV show or, or, or a film and it's the most <laughs> boring, <laughs> tedious, 
uncomfortable, in the moment, unrewarding job you could ever imagine. Besides maybe like I started trucking or something, but like it is, uh, yeah, it's like, it is a real like, and then the the product sometimes is so dazzling and amazing. It's like all worth it. But the the day to day, oh, so you, rock. you don't want to be the next Julia Roberts. No. Well, that's probably different because you're in every scene. But like, it is just, yeah. I mean, how about this though? We got a request, my man, my manager, of a, an actor, a woman who's in SAG, who offered to be my stand-in. For what? I don't know. But she's often said that she gets her smile is just like mine and that she'd be honored to, like, she's a big fan. Would, if I, they ever need a stand-in, I don't get it. But I was like, yeah, send her the next gig I have. Yeah, send her the next gig and then you come at the last minute and you're ready to go. Uh, <laughs> it's so crazy. But yeah, no, anyways, not to sound ungrateful, I just love to say the opposite thing. That that was a nice experience. The actors are so incredibly sweet and so nice, like too nice. And um, you always wonder what's the scam and if they really like you. And uh Shooting stuff is like... It takes a lot. It's really not fun. I don't know what is like... What is your funnest job? If you had to think the funnest job you can imagine, what do you think it is for you? Right now. Oh, come on. No, I'm serious. Yeah? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is like, we're not doing it over and over. We have to do this Yeah, exactly. It's just a conversation. Right. Yeah, it's, it's easy. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But you're not getting paid a ton of money for this. No. It's all a passion project. I'm trying to think like all the jobs I thought were really, really fun turned out to be not fun. <laughs> <laughs> like besides like doing what I actually do now, like on stage, but like, you know, acrobat, for example. Yeah. I wanted to be an acrobat for like five good long years when I was young. And I was like, that was going to be it. That was it. No questions. And then I realized how in pain they were and how grueling the schedule is and how little they get paid and how short their careers are and how horrible life is. It's like NBA cheerleaders. Except, right. Yeah. Actually, that's probably, that's probably, that's probably a good thing. But they're so much more, they get so much more like dangerous than that, mm-hmm. you know? Oh God, it's awful. They have a saying, if an acrobat doesn't wake up in pain, it's because he didn't wake up. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible, terrible. So what is next for you? What do you have on the docket? I heard that you're doing a book. Yes, I'm doing I heard a book. that you have a lipstick. I've heard. Oh, well, there you go. You just, you just took all my, my. my... Oh, well, well, go at it. Go at it. Go at it. Yeah, no, we just, I, we finished the first draft of the book, which is, is great. That was really difficult. And then um, we did the, I think all the pictures are done, perhaps. Pictures are amazing. My God, I can't wait. To, I just want to show them to everybody. And then, um, yeah, I do like a lipstick collab with Tracy for her um, cosmetics company called Red Scare. And um, it's red. And uh, I get to go, I get to take a long break, which is cool. Um, I think I have like three months off. Oh, that's nice. It's just so wild. Like I never, I, I mean, it's so great. It's so good. So I think I'm just going to gain like probably 100 pounds. <laughs> rebrand it's a big fat fuck yeah. no I'm just kidding um, and then uh, yeah I don't know it's just like chill out and enjoy the sunshine in California enjoy it all well thank you so much for being here thank you for letting me expose you with your little baby hands Feels right so there exposed. yeah my witch claws your witch claws I'm Joseph Shepard thank you guys so much for watching make sure to subscribe to like to comment to go and follow Kati on everything to go and follow me on everything and this right here is Katya, me, hi. Hello, hi. Bye. Bye.
Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Exposed Dragged Out, brought to you by The Dip. I'm Joseph Shepard, your host. You can follow me on all things social at Joseph A. Shepard. That's S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. You can also go to thedip.com slash RuPaul's Drag Race. The Dip with two P's dot com. That's the dip with two P's.com. Use promo code EXPOSE for 50% off your membership. And be sure to check out other podcasts from the dip, including Hot Off the Mess with Samantha Bush, the Daily Pop Culture Podcast, Pop Chaser, TV History Podcast, TV Watch Repeat, Real Housewives Podcast, The Slut Pick Podcast, and also I Am the Cute One, a Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen podcast. Until next time, I'm Joseph Shepard. Expose yourself. Ooh.